Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Baldface Truth. We were talking about native sons in the state of Oregon. Brian Gunderson's a native son. Born in Portland. Went to high school in the area, played his college ball at Oregon State. He's gone off into the big world where uh, he has uh, served in a variety of capacities in a bunch of different uh, programs, including with Chip Kelly at UCLA. He is now the offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach at his alma mater, Oregon State. Ryan Gunderson joining us right now live via satellite. How are you, man? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. You bet. Um all right, when I talk about that story, full arc, okay? You were a baby-faced college kid. I was covering your games. I saw this kid. Nobody, I, I never looked over and thought, that guy's going to be the play caller one day. I'm not shocked at it, but what does that feel like to you to kind of come full circle that way? Yeah, you had hair then, I think. <laughs> um, is- no, it's it's not something I ever necessarily uh, you know expected to happen, but... Um, I'm really excited. My family's really excited. And uh, it's kind of an opportunity. Obviously, there's been, you know, what's happened over the last two years in college football. Um, but it's kind of an opportunity to run to the fight and, and get back into it and, and fight for something you believe in and something you love and um, do it with a lot of people that I care about and know and um, really am excited to work with. You went off. You were working at San Jose State with Brent Brennan, Chip Kelly at UCLA. Those are good offensive influences. What did you learn from those guys? Uh, just different styles. Uh, I think when you talk about offensive football, it's you know there's the specifics of what you do um, and what everybody does. I, I really believe is pretty similar. What people do is you know, that you dress it up in different ways, but how you do it and why you do it. I think those are kind of the things I've learned. I spent so much time with coach Riley uh, when I was young. Um, and then now I'm kind of, you know, I, I've just been around some different styles now, what I learned at San Jose state. Uh, and then with chip the last three years, I feel like I've got kind of a, a pretty broad view of everything and, and what I like and how I want to do it. Um, but just kind of doing it in my own image and in the way that I think is best. Yeah, and you talk about the good fortune you've had, talk, the offensive minds you've been around with Danny Langstorff and Mike Riley, who, by the way, called you, those two guys call you their first child. And then <laughs> and then you get, you know, Brennan and the influence there. You get Chip Kelly. I think that's valuable there. Um, the, I mean, it's really fortunate to, you know, it wasn't like you were playing for a defensive-minded coach and you got creative offensive minds. And so how do you blend that all together with your own style and what you want to call? Um, I think that's what, what I like and what I think is best for an offense, but, but probably more specifically what I think is best for quarterbacks to, or easiest for quarterbacks to execute at a high level. Um, kind of taking all those pieces, uh, you know, it, it can be a play, but how you teach it can be totally different from system to system. So um, teaching them kind of in the image and in, in the way that I think is best for quarterbacks from the quarterback's point of view, um, I, I think that's 
kind of how I'll blend it, but it'll be a quarterback-friendly system um, that gets the ball out of their hands, helps them make quick decisions. But a lot of it is, you know, this play is the same as this play. It's it's the same thing, but you dress it up in different ways. Now, I, you know, I know that you mentioned family being proud of you, and certainly uh, you must have heard from a lot of former teammates and players uh, I'm curious, too, about you as a player. Go back and think about yourself as a player. Could could Ryan Gunnarsson, the quarterback, have played for Ryan Gunnarsson, the coordinator? <laughs> um, I, I would tell you probably not. Um, you know, I I think just – but college football has changed uh, a ton since I played. The, there are a lot of guys like me that, you know – you it was, were you a thrower and could you throw it first and foremost? And um, I wouldn't say that's totally changed. Like you still got to be able to throw it, but the athleticism uh, as it relates to the quarterback position has, has certainly, um, you know, it's blossomed and and you're going to get a lot of, you know, athleticism at the position now. And I think that's what I'll be looking for when we look for quarterbacks, just do they throw it well enough and are they athletic enough? And then after that, it's a sliding scale. You know, if, if you're just good enough as an athlete, then you better have a rocket arm and be really accurate. If if you're a dynamic playmaker with your feet, then you just got to, you know, are you a good enough thrower? You don't have to be elite. So it's a little bit of a sliding scale once you once you meet those minimums, in my opinion. Is it too early to evaluate your quarterback room? Yes. So no more questions on them. No. I, <laughs> I know what they can do just off of the film that I've seen. Um, you know, varying levels of experience. Uh, I think we have some, you know, the way that it's been explained to me in the past, there's some different spices in the cabinet. There's mm-hmm. there's some different flavors, some guys that play with different styles, and that's fine. Um, we've got really smart guys in the room, really good coaches, and I think we can blend it to who the quarterback is that gives us the best chance to, to win, um, score points. So, uh, yeah. All right, you go from your GA time at Oregon State into the director of player personnel role. And I think it's really interesting, both at Oregon State and at Nebraska, before you go back to really being a quarterback coach and now a coordinator, what did you get from that player personnel experience that you can use now in this world of the portal and NIL? I think it was just, you know, seeing, I think I got a pretty good feel during that process of not just, the offensive side of the ball and not just quarterbacks, a good feel for looking at all different types of positions, um, getting a good feel for the recruiting process and what works in different situations, whether, you know, ge- geographically or positionally or, or how all these, those things work. Um, you just kind of get a really broad feel for the whole deal. You're not like now or, or when I was just a quarterback coach, you're very siloed. It's quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. It's not, the big picture, which is, is I got a really good feel for that when I was in uh, DPP. Yeah, I, and I think it's interesting too because you you know then you start thinking about players and positions in other terms, and you're not just pigeonholed to one uh, one position. Ryan Gunderson with us. He is the offensive coordinator at Oregon State. Um, what do you want to be when you were a kid? When you grow up, you know what, what are you telling your parents? When I grow up, I want to be. <laughs> I don't. I don't remember. I feel like I'm old now. I don't. I always really wanted to play football, and yeah. to be honest with you, I didn't play football until I was a freshman at Central Catholic. I love yeah. 
all sports. I loved basketball. I loved baseball. I loved football, but I never played it because I was too dang big. Um, I didn't really want to play offensive line and have, you know, the two stripes on your helmet that said you couldn't touch the ball. Uh, so I played soccer. I loved soccer. Um, I really enjoyed that growing up. So I don't know. I just wanted to play something. I wanted to be a professional athlete. I was just kind of a sports junkie growing up. Um, I, I think I really like competing. Uh, so, and, and that's, you know, you still get, that's why I think a lot of us coaches coaches, you still like that feeling of the competition of the way it makes you feel and, and how great winning is. And when you lose, how much it makes you want to get back to winning. Um, it's, it's infectious and it's, it's hard to, to stop. I think that's why you see a lot of coaches have a hard time stopping because that, that competition is, is really fun. Do you then, yeah, you know, if we're talking now to kids who are in parents who have kids who have, you know, 9, 10, 11, 12 years old, do you advocate for parents? Let's just pretend that we're your next door neighbor and we say, Ryan, like, should our kids specialize in a sport or should they just be playing everything? Yeah, I, I'll be honest with you, John. I, I don't think there's many coaches out there that would tell you, hey, you need to specialize. Uh, I've, I've never said that and I've never heard a coach say that. I look for quarterbacks that play basketball or, you know, oh, he's the starting point guard on the basketball team. That's a really good thing. Um, I, you know, there's kids that I'm recruiting that are baseball players. I, I think those kids that compete year-round and don't just train, learning how to be a competitor and compete and want to win, uh, I, that's why. And then some people say, oh, seven-on-seven. Seven. I don't really like seven-on-seven. Seven. Well, I think it's good when a kid goes out in the spring and competes. And, and maybe it's not football, and it's not football in the sense that, that we, you know, work at it, but it's it's just the ability to compete and to want to compete all the time. I think that's really, you know, a big part of playing sports year-round and playing different sports. What did it feel like to you, you know, ever, after having gone to Lincoln, Nebraska, and in California, you know, both at San Jose State and UCLA, what did it feel like for you to you and your family to get back to the state of Oregon? It's awesome. I mean, it, Corvallis is, you know, it's home, and so many things have changed, but at the same time, so many things are exactly the same. And it's still got that feel to it that I remember from when I was in college and when I worked there. Um, you know, and, and Oregon has always been home, and it'll always be home. It's My wife is from Astoria. Um, we met at Oregon State. But at the same time, like, we've maintained Oregon as kind of our home base. Both of our families are still there. Uh, we, we've got a place in Sisters, Oregon, so we go to Sisters. We have more than a few days off, and, we're, you know, we were hopping in a car. Or, excuse me, I was hopping in a car and driving the dog up to Oregon, and <laughs> my wife was flying with the kids. So um, Oregon's always kind of been home, uh, but it, it just feels good to be back, and, and I've seeing family more often and seeing way more familiar faces. Now, people don't may not know that your wife, Hillary, worked it, for Mike Riley in the football offices, and I'm going to guess that was your, your first introduction, your first brush with her, but she was the one that used to call us when Coach Riley would be on the show. It was always Hillary, hey, I got Coach on the on hold for you, and lo and behold, it's, it's kind of like this thing has come together, and this is a family. Like, you know, did you know the first time you saw Hillary – that's that's her. That's the one. Um, sure. I 
She's probably listening right now. So, yes, absolutely. <laughs> no, we worked. We worked pretty closely with each other for a long time, and um, you know, it's just she's. Uh, as you can probably tell, she's the very organized one. She kind of runs the house. She's got her finger on the pulse of everything that happens there, so she kind of keeps me in line. Hey, you got to do this. You got to do that, and and helps me focus on the football part of it. And but yeah, I'm lucky to have her. Look, uh, Gundy, uh, really excited to see what you're going to do on the field. We've known each other a long time. It's going to be fun to see what you do. Uh, love having you on, of course. Your dad and your family have done so many good things. For people who don't know, Ryan's dad, Dave, has got the Hopscotch Foundation, raising and helping kids that aren't eating in schools. We're just about out of time, Ryan, but I'd love to get you back on once you get an evaluation of the team and and kind of get a better idea of what you see out there. But really excited to have you on and and uh, excited to talk to you throughout this process. I thought you were going to ask me if I wanted a weekly segment there or something like Let's that. Let's do it. Let's do it. Weekly yeah. segment. And we'll have it, you know, your dad Hopefully can sponsor I call it. Hopefully on time. <laughs> we'll do it again. All right, Gundy. Thank All you, right. man. Thanks, John. Appreciate right. you. There he is. No net, kid. He was playing for crying out loud. I, you know, I was baby-faced Ryan Gunderson. He's now the offensive coordinator at Oregon State. Not baby-faced anymore. Um, look, I think it's going to be exciting to see what he does with the offense and to see what Trent Bray does. we got to get Bray back on the show as well. The bald-faced truth, not here for a long time, just a good time. Have a good time. We interrupt this podcast with a special announcement from the bald hey, sorry truth. to interrupt the podcast, but... If you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.